0: Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing SNL's second run at quarantine content with quasi host Brad Pitt and musical guest Miley Cyrus. I'm Catherine Coleman, and with me this week is vestigial podcast holdover and unrepentant anti quarantine protester John Murray. If you'd like to connect with either of us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy the following selected highlights from this week's discussion. And if you'd like to hear our full-length, ad-free, sketch-by-sketch review, it's available exclusively for our patrons at patreon.com snlpodcast. It's our patrons who make the cast possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. To learn more, go to patreon.com snlpodcast. All right, here we go. So when we left off last time, we weren't really sure if these SNL at homes were going to continue or if it was going to be a one-off thing. Mm -hmm, Yeah, I remember we all felt kind of good if it were going to be a a one-off thing; it was really special. Right. Uh, But I, for one, am happy that it is continuing, and I hope we get to see a couple more. Mm -hmm. John, do you think they might have some more? Do you think they might not even know?
1: Yeah, it's kind of tricky because I don't think anybody knows right now, week to week, what the landscape's going to look like, what the rules are going to be, what is even going to be on the table as far as what you can produce. Uh, So I'm sure that they're just making it up as they go, the same as everyone else and just hoping for good news. But you're kind of right. Having it come back now. Um, We can kind of see better what they can do with the format when they can put more forethought into it when they have a chance to Amazon Prime out a bunch of ring lights (laughs) and, you know, mics and better cameras and green screens, green screens. Yeah. And get, you know, the uh, the production guys and the directors to kind of sit in and help make these more than they could be when it was just kind of this hodgepodge like we got with the first one. So Mm -hmm. I feel like they kind of. Crack the code on the first one, and now they're showing what they can really do when everybody understands how to collaborate remotely right. and just you know milk this format for all it's worth. So it's good that we got it back. I, my question coming into this was, hmm, with the first one feeling so special and feeling like you a know, product of the time, did they maybe say everything that needed to be said about the whole COVID thing during the first right. one? And is this going to feel like just maybe unnecessary
0: yeah like some of the novelty was gone
1: yeah yeah but having seen it again I don't want to give away the ending here Uh, (laughs) obviously you know we they were just scratching the surface of what they could do in this format and so I think we saw them take that much further in this episode. So for that, I think it was very worthwhile to see them really catch their stride. Yeah, Where we go from here, who knows this didn't feel like a finale. I mean, they weren't like telegraphing that this is it for the year. So I think we should all hold out hope that we're probably going to get something in May. We know we're getting a repeat next week, but uh, they did have two other slots booked for the second and third weeks of May. If we get, you know, one more outing to round out the season, that'd be just fine with me. Yeah, that'd be very exciting. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Let's get into what we have. Oh, but before we do, let me uh, just quickly thank one of our new patrons, Mark Honbo of Davis, California. Um, Considering the times and considering that everyone needs to be thinking seriously about their pocketbooks, we saw our Patreon take a hit and for good reason, you know, I would expect that people would be thinking seriously about uh, what their disposable income should be going towards. So anyone that can't support us right now, we totally get it. No hard feelings. But for the people that have come on board like Mark, we really, really appreciate that. And uh, we love you all. So uh, yeah, we'll just keep on plugging away.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. For our cold open, Mm -hmm. an update from Dr. Anthony Fauci featuring Brad Pitt and his Benjamin Button accent. Yes. (laughs) John, what did you think of our cold open? We actually got one this week.
1: Yeah, I I thought this was inevitable. Dr. Anthony Fauci had joked that he would want Brad Pitt to play him because obviously, you know, Brad Pitt is known as a bit of a heartthrob. So uh, (laughs) who else would you pick? I would like Brad Pitt to play me in the John Murray movie. So maybe that'll happen now that that's out in the, you know, the the public sphere. But Dr. Anthony Fauci got his wish. So just for that, it was kind of (laughs) a charming in-joke that I enjoyed. Obviously, Trump has given them lots to work with this week. Love him or hate him. The guy is (laughs) certainly running at the mouth and really needs to let the doctor start doing the talking. (laughs) So uh, uh, this was, I think, a very fair and worthwhile critique of what we've been seeing from these daily press briefings. Uh, So this was all working for me. I thought it was fun. I thought maybe it was a little schmaltzy when Brad Pitt takes off the wig at the end and and goes serious into camera. I don't know if we needed that, (laughs) but. Hey, you know what? I overall I thought that this was fun enough. So, uh we're off to a good start.
0: Yeah. Uh I agree about the ending. It felt a little <laughs> like, I don't I don't want to say cheesy, but a little cheesy. Yeah. Uh but for all we know that's something that Brad personally said, no, I'm if I'm going to do it, I want to do this. So it's sure. fine. As for everything else, you know, it was really exciting to see Brad because we all know that Fauci wanted Brad, but I don't feel like they did much with it. You know, he said what we were all thinking about mm-hmm. Trump's craziness, but I didn't feel like they were Really hitting jokes about it, if that makes sense.
1: No, this was a scathing rebuke. This yeah. was intentionally meant to make sure we understand who Brad Pitt thinks the villains are and who the heroes are in right. this situation. Yeah. So you're right. It wasn't necessarily comedy first, but <laughs> right. I think that's okay because okay. when there has been something that so obviously warrants some sort of response or you know, there's a comment to be made, mm-hmm. when SNL hits that hard in a satisfying way that's compelling television uh so i'm totally okay with it when they do it well when they have the really tepid political stuff that's the stuff to me that i could do without when they don't really have anything to say Mm -hmm. and so they're digging real deep to try and find some sort of a caricature they didn't need that the brad pitt being there was the joke you know and and the rest of it was just oh we we really just need to have our say (laughs) on something that feels really weird right now so um i was good personally, but obviously it's not necessarily going to be what everyone wants. If you want some really like punchy comedy right out of the gate to rouse you, that's not necessarily what this was going to be.
0: Yeah. I And I get that. And I I didn't think it was bad. I enjoyed it. I just, I do wish there had been a little more funny to it, I guess. Sure. Yeah. That's all I really have to say about it. (laughs) What's up with that is back with Charles Barkley and DJ Khaled. With some lineless dancing cameos from Fred Armisen and Jason Sudeikis. John, are you a what's up with that fan? Were you happy to see it?
1: I was happy to see it because we haven't seen it in quite a while. And I've always had a hunch that when Kenan Thompson ramps up his like farewell tour, uh, that this was going to be what they were kind of holding back. You know, mm-hmm. it's something special for him to do one last time where he can pull in everybody that was part of it over the years. If this is that. So be it. I mean, that's pure speculation. That's just, you know, me reading into this way more than is necessary, <laughs> but it it certainly was fun to see it. And my one thought is that it adapts so well to this format because they can right. throw in all the cheesy memes and the, the fun mm-hmm. little overlays and they can play with the video boxes, you know, move them around in time with the music and just add so much more corniness to the right. presentation yeah. that it, it really, it really breathes some fresh air into it. Right. And one other thing. Kenan Thompson, when he's got the mic and no studio noise and no one else in the mix, and it's just him, you can really hear the soul in his voice. And (laughs) I got to say, I was really digging his delivery on some of this. It was just really sharp for that sort of music. And uh, yeah, Kenan Thompson, he's a performer. So high marks on this.
0: I love hearing Kenan sing.
1: Yeah, this this was the energy that maybe we didn't get from the cold open, but this really kicked things off nice.
0: I agree. This got me much more into it than the cold open did. I I'm not sensing it's a Keenan exit move. I was no. sensing more of a This is a fan favorite. Right. We know that this is a weird format, so let's give them what they want. And I think it like you said, the the production of it really made it. And yeah. I think really this is maybe the best form for it. Like <laughs> yes. if they do it again on the show, I kind of hope they bring some aspects of this into it with those overlays and the things. And all the colors, it's just really great. The production is what really sold it for me. Yeah, it's a fun sketch and I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that they did it and it was a really good start to the show.
1: Yeah, my headcanon says that someone in a film unit, like maybe one of their directors, maybe had an epiphany of how this could work mm-hmm. and made this his baby. And they wanted to see how far they could push the limits of getting this thing you know, edited and having so much involved on screen <laughs> and see yeah. what they could turn out in a week. And I just think it was someone's passion project. And I really think that they, they pulled it together. And I think this is the high watermark of the genre. If uh, quarantine <laughs> broadcasting is a medium now, I think that this is really, you know, the pinnacle of what you can do with it. And uh, I was just, I was really charmed by it. It was so much fun. And there's Jason Sudeikis and Fred Mm -hmm. Armisen doing their thing. And the costumes were on point. You have Melissa and Ego, you know, in full costume. So like everyone was going all out on this and it it was really neat to have them say in no uncertain terms, we can do so much more than we showed you last Mm -hmm. week. Like look what we can do when we have time to ship out some costumes and what we have time to do when we can get some green screens in the mix. So, yes, this was saying all the right things as far as why it was necessary to do another SNL at home.
0: Yeah. And this one, this was the part where I did think, oh, did they, did someone go to 30 Rock and ship him the suit? You know, and <laughs> I could tell that they were, they were doing a little more stuff like that. And then I sure. actually saw on Cecily's Instagram that I think the hair department was even like shopping for wigs and sending mm-hmm. them to her. So, like, it really felt like, as we kind of touched on, everyone really got involved and started yeah. really getting, Getting into this and not just the, the cast and writers. And we really are getting more of a full production.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody associated with the show, if there's something that they can do to help out, they're helping out. And that's yeah. great that all the departments can kind of get in the mix. And this is what you can do with it. Yeah. It's working. It was working just fine.
0: Even in a pandemic, some items at Bartonson's Grocery still will not sell. And I really liked this one. I'm a big (laughs) Kate and 80 duo fan Mm -hmm. written by Allison Gates and Anna Dresden. I think that's the
1: little four person
0: team that I am really into. Uh, They rarely miss for me. And this one was no exception. I think, you know, it's basically a list sketch where they're just Mm -hmm. coming up with funny items. But what really sold it, I think, were the performances. Kate and 80 have such great chemistry together, even you know, apart and on green screens, they Mm -hmm. still managed to make that work and even leaned into that. And it was still funny. And I just, I really liked this one a lot.
1: I think the bad green screening Mm -hmm. was the funniest aspect. Yes, It it was a fun list sketch because I've been to the grocery store and it is funny (laughs) that, you know, all the water's cleared out, but the Dasani's there because it's, you know, it's it's this overpriced kind of hoity-toity water. (laughs) And so it's going to be the last one to go. So there is something funny about that. Mm -hmm. But what really works is they got the green screen and somewhere in those four girls minds they're like it's going to be so much funnier if this is so low budget and these ladies are so bad at <laughs> figuring out how to use the the compositing of green screen that when they want to you know high five mm-hmm. they're going to go past each other or when they <laughs> lean up against each other their elbows are going to basically like go through each other right <laughs> when you get that kind of like really bad low budget production elements that just adds to the joke because these women are kind of small town out of touch you know, right. so it underscores what was already mm-hmm. funny about these characters. Definitely. And so I like that. If you have time to ship out the green screens and your comedic actors are funny enough to know how to actually make that part of the joke. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Like this is a sketch that would have worked fine at the table, but really sold it with two great performers. Yep. Absolutely. Big poppy teaches us to make a big <laughs> Dominican lunch with a yes. cameo from rapper Bad Bunny. And this one also was really working for me. Um. I actually think Big Poppy is better in this (laughs) context than at the update desk. This was really great in a really creative way. I'm really liking seeing them taking these update characters and finding new ways to use them. I think they're really showing us how creative they can be with these guys.
1: Yep. Last week, the sketch that got some of the the best returns for me was Bailey Gizmert being translated into her YouTube show. So yeah, when you realize that these characters can be parlayed into this format so effortlessly and it's just all the more fun because now you get cuts that can make Mm -hmm. the sketch have more energy or you get overlays that are fun and are part of the joke when you can start bringing in those elements while everybody's sitting at home, just, you know, begging for something to, to hack away on, you know, the editors (laughs) I'm sure are loving the fact that they got something to do. That's kind of fun and a new challenge. So, uh, it's nice that they can throw these tried and true characters that we already know we're familiar with. So it already works because we're happy to see big poppy, but yeah, they did something really great with them and, uh, high marks to, uh, the film units, the, you know, the directors that can now take this and say, okay, Keenan we're not just going to be face on with you. We got to figure out how to get a shot down from the ceiling. Cause that's really right. going to sell these reactions and they, you know, they figure it out that, that kind of stuff that's, that's SNL just really knocking it out of the park. So yeah. good work to the whole team, everybody that was in the mix with the staging on that mm-hmm. great work.
0: Yeah. This was kind of one of the first ones where I could really see, oh, okay, they brought the directors in and mm-hmm. sure. Keenan's still being his own cameraman. I'm sure. But the director's saying, all right, now we're going to move it over here. We're going to get this angle. Now do this. And you can tell that the production's here for it. Um, And so this one was really creative. And I liked that they did do those multiple camera angles because I love a good head turn. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into Weekend Update. Mm -hmm. For their lead-in, Jost and Chase, sans laugh track, tackle Trump's insane coronavirus cure ideas. And I liked this one. I really liked that they had the green screens this week. We got okay. to feel a little bit more at home. And I thought that their jokes were pretty good. This was a pretty solid weekend update. How'd you feel about it?
1: Um, I think uh, we're going to disagree on this one. Oh, okay. I'm just going to say it as much as I love Jost and Shea, like I really enjoy their version of weekend update on a regular SNL. I think this might be as much as it's tradition and there's no way they'll ever cut it. To me, this is one thing that doesn't translate and maybe shouldn't okay. be part of SNL at home. If SNL at home is its own beast, you know, it's a mm-hmm. special type of SNL. We're not following the format. We cut the monologue. Yeah, exactly. So if we can accept that we can break with tradition and work within the medium on its terms, then I think weekend update shouldn't be a part of it because weekend update and what they brought in, you know, uh Pete Davidson's little mm-hmm. remote stand-up. You need an audience. Without the audience, it's so hard to feel anything. Some yeah. of the jokes were good. They they were good. And I was giggling at some of it. But it all feels so awkward and stilted without the audience and without them being able to have a good rhythm and back and forth because they are both working remotely. They did a lot more in the edit this week to try and Mm -hmm. tighten it up and create a bit of energy, but I could still feel how awkward it was. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, this through no fault of anyone, I just don't think it needs to be part of the at home show. Uh, but then you got a lot more show. You got to round out. So I don't, <laughs> I know that they're between a rock and a hard place on that. And if they cut it, they're going to have just as many people saying you can't cut it. And it's the only thing that we really see Joe and Shay on screen for. So there's right. lots of reasons why it needs to be part of SNL for it to truly be SNL. I get it. I just don't think it's working.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair and you're, you're right. They're still definitely figuring out the kinks of mm-hmm. it. As I think most late night hosts kind of are, some of them have gotten a little more comfortable with it than others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as like, if I just saw these jokes on paper, I sure. think a lot of them were really good, but yeah. there certainly was some awkwardness with the timing, but I felt like it was better. Did you feel like it was better than the week before or you still, it's kind of even and you're like, eh, maybe give up.
1: You're absolutely right. The writing is fine. No problem mm-hmm. with the writing. And like I said, they learned a lot of lessons. You know, they, they took out the audience that was creating more delay and mm-hmm. more awkwardness and more confusion by pulling that out. That helps in a way. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of it is they went a little heavy on the production values, and now you've got them in front of a green screen that doesn't really look truly like the weekend update set. so like, why bother? Like we understand yeah. it's at home. It's kind of okay to see you know, the true background of you yeah. know what's behind their desk. I kind of like that a little bit more because I just felt the green screen was a bit distracting,
0: yeah, I think that's fair i'm I guess I'm willing to give them a little bit more slack. <laughs> I'd like to see them you know, try it a few more times and see if we can maybe. Get a little bit more timing in there. You know, it takes practice. They're doing their best.
1: Keep tinkering with it. Absolutely. (laughs) I have no problem seeing them take another run at it. I just wonder because this is so much more of a setup that requires an audience Mm -hmm. to really feel the way that it's supposed to feel. I don't know why you would try to keep emulating it when you know that that one critical piece can't really be part of it. Keep retooling it, but without the audience, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for them. Yeah.
0: Soul Cycle's interesting teachers are leading workouts from home. Mm -hmm. How'd you feel?
1: Well, we know what we're working with here. We had this a few times. This is Mm -hmm. something that uh, I think Bowen is point on. I think he does a lot of the writing on this. Mm -hmm. So neat that they tried to take that and work it into uh, like an at-home trainer thing, which is again, topical. There are a lot of trainers that are trying to do something from home and Whatever those Peloton bikes or whatever, <laughs> you know, where you can beam in your right. motivation coach or whatever. So there's there is something to be said. I like that. I like the characters. It is a little clunkier in this format. This is something that works better on SNL proper than on SNL at home. That was how I felt about it. it. It it was novel and it was amusing, and I did get some legitimate laughs out of it. I just feel like the actual one that you see on the show, uh, I just feel is a little stronger.
0: On on the contrary. Okay. On my notes, it says Soul Cycle. Is this the best one? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I actually felt like this format made it better. It was really working for me getting those cuts. And I feel like there wasn't that awkward moment. And maybe, maybe I feel this way because I was in the audience when they did it for David Harbor mm. and I could feel that I felt tense about them all getting off the bike and back on real sure, quick. Sure. Okay. So maybe, maybe that leads to my sense of stress with okay. that. But, uh, So I liked that this one, they were able to cut back and forth more and quicker. And I feel like it kept the energy up.
1: And that's, that's interesting. I'll I'll tell you one of the things that occurred to me while I'm watching it is part of what I like about this sketch is the game and the fact that it is a quick change kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And to perform that live is a bit of a feat because you really have to like get on the bike, be ready for the camera cut and Mm -hmm. just be in it and on. And there's something just very sketch comedy about that, that <laughs> yeah. is charming to me. So I kind of felt like it was almost sort of a little bit of a cheat that you had the editors okay. going in cleaning it up after the fact. And you kind of get them just front and center and camera probably being able to take a few runs at their delivery. Mm-hmm. To me, the sketch is kind of more potent and more fun when you know that there's a bit of danger there, Yeah, the, live the, the shuffling around. Yeah. So without that element, I think that was one thing that's, a little deflating to me personally, but I don't think that's a liability for most people. So I totally get it because so much of this show feels so good because the editors just right. really can really make hay with, with this footage. So right. uh, I think you can cut either way on this one. I, I think you can either see it as a plus or a, a liability. Uh, I just, I I'm always charmed by when they really try to pull <laughs> something off, yeah. you know, in studio in real time, part of the magic. And I think maybe what I need to remember is there's just, no option for that. So are, is, are they supposed to abandon a sketch because it's not going to give me the little <laughs> thrill that I want? Like, yes. Can, can absolutely. that? Yeah. Is is that part of their thinking? Hopefully <laughs> not because yeah, do not build a show around me. That would be a train wreck. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, you know what point counterpoint you won me over on this one. Huh? Yay. I think I was looking at this too much in terms of what did I want to see rather than was the product good on its own? And it mm-hmm. was, it was
0: perfect. Yeah, I feel like the jokes in this one were also a little stronger than the, the live versions we've had. So my
1: yeah. eyes have been opened.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> OJ Simpson congratulates SNL on another at home episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been seeing some of OJ's weird videos and I'm glad they did something with it. Uh, sure. How'd you feel?
1: Uh, I liked it, but when it came on, uh, I thought maybe this was going to go in a different direction because one okay. of the SNL writers, Stephen Castillo, mm-hmm. he has a fantastic Instagram that everyone should he subscribe yes. to. And, uh, he's been taking OJ's crazy videos and he's been having these little intercut conversations Mm -hmm. with him where, you know, he's basically joking with OJ that he's a murderer and these are hilarious. A lot of what he does on his Instagram is hilarious, but those in particular are. And so just for a a split second there, I thought maybe they were going to parlay that into Mm -hmm. this. That's not what we got this a little more straightforward. This is Keenan reprising his OJ role. And, uh, yeah, just giving us exactly what we would expect. A lot of subtle allusions to him being a (laughs) murderer. I thought
0: they were clever.
1: Yeah, f- totally fun enough. I thought this was worth being in the show, but I'm going to call this our back half material. Like, mm-hmm. fine, but it, it's not going to any great places and it's not like so super creative or novel or mm-hmm. well-written that I was really like at the end saying, man, they pulled off something amazing there. I just yeah. thought, yeah, that's serviceable. That's a fun peek in on OJ. I can, I can work with that.
0: Yeah. it's Sort of a quiet win, you know? Yeah. A little bit more subtle and simple. But I I enjoyed it. I don't have a ton to say. Sure. It was fine. Let's talk about the moment of the night.
1: I'm going to give it to the moment in the what's up with that pre-tape thing when Jason Sudeikis and Fred Armisen make their first appearance. And it's like a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that's what I'm wondering. Like the second you, you hear the theme song kick up and you're like, we're getting that. What's up with that? My immediate thought was are we getting Bill Hader? Are we getting Jason okay. Sudeikis? Are, are we getting Fred Armisen? And uh, yeah, just to see Jason Sudeikis doing that dorky tracksuit <laughs> dance, um, that that made it for me. So that was very satisfying to know that they were able to pull in all their friends to make it a true outing of what's up with that. So for that, it was a moment. Awesome.
0: My moment is when we saw that Pitt was doing Fauci. Because <laughs> yeah. while I, I didn't think the sketch overall was a huge win, it was great that... We had that little in-joke where that's who we wanted and we actually got him and it, it just felt great. and felt I think it set a good tone. Very good. All right. Best sketch. What is it?
1: What's up with that? I feel like they pulled out all the stops. I, I feel like everybody was rallying production-wise to make that fun. I feel like they really got to some creative places in the edit mm-hmm. and with the overlays and with all the corny memes. Definitely. And Keenan Thompson on mm-hmm. top of the performance. So- this said so much about what they're able to do with this format now that I couldn't help, but be totally invested in it. And, uh, I just, I thought it was a lot of fun. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to be said for what up with that. And I'm tempted to agree with you, Mm -hmm. but soul cycle really won me over. I think soul cycle is my best of the night. I, I just think there were so many really solid jokes and I'm, yeah, I was excited to watch it again. So, yeah,
1: it is one of the more joke heavy uh, sketches mm-hmm. that we got you know a lot of them hang on a character mm-hmm. and they're a little sparse but this yeah it is very rapid fire
0: yeah and as sort of a, a really big tina fey 30 rock person i'm i like it when they cram tons and tons of jokes in there so sure that's what's okay. going to win me over every time
1: very good all right let's talk mvp Keenan thompson he was all over the show yeah uh, not only was he what's up with that dude, whatever his name is, but he was also big poppy and mm-hmm. that was really good. And that's something where he has to do a lot of the heavy lifting production wise too, right? Yeah. In the space. So, uh, those were two big, I think tentpole sketches for the show. And, uh, you know, he had other supporting parts throughout the show and everything that he was doing was working really good. OJ and you know, so much else. So, Hey, I, I think just pure quantity. Uh, I think he takes it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I was wrestling, but be- between Keenan and Bowen okay, because I feel like. They were in the show a decent bit, and they, the sketches they were in, they had big roles in. I ultimately I ended up going for Bowen. Uh, I Fair think because the Soul Cycle sketch is my sketch of the night. It's his sort of baby, and mm-hmm. I think he had the strongest performance in it. And I think, as weird as that investigation sketch was, he had a lot of really sure. good one liners that he was really selling, and I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm okay. going to give it to Bowen.
1: I will never fault someone for going with a featured player. I always love <laughs> to see them get an attaboy. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No arguments here.
0: Okay. The big question mm-hmm. on a scale of classic, great, decent week or train wreck. How would you rate this episode?
1: I'm going to say classic. Okay. This experiment in SNL at home, it was unexpected to think that a show like SNL would attempt it. It was delightful to see them try it in their, you know, their hodgepodge, making it up as they go kind of way last week. And I thought that was the end of the story. Mm -hmm. What I didn't realize was that they could take this format and they could find more to say about the times we're living in. They could up their production game and really make this feel almost like, you know, a legitly produced show in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, a lot that they did with the show this week that proved that they didn't use all their tricks last week Mm -hmm. and they can up their game and they can come up with more funny material. That's going to resonate really well in, in these times. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised just how much fun I had end to end with this show, even in comparison to just a typical outing of SNL, which you would think would have so many advantages that how could you not get like a better laugh per minute rating out of a full blown SNL than these SNL at homes. But I got to say, these are, so much more intriguing to watch. It feels adventurous. It feels just satisfying to, to see everyone come together and really knock one out of the park. Like what's up with that? It it feels more earned in so many ways. Mm -hmm. So I think we now have a a classic block of Mm -hmm. really interesting case studies in what a show can do to pivot when the world (laughs) collapses around them. And there's just as much of a story with this episode as the first episode. And if that's not transcendent, I don't know what is. So, Hey, classic for me.
0: I think they're kind of showing us in a way it's like, this is, these are all the things we could do if the show wasn't live. It's so in a way it's,
1: mm, true. there are some
0: parts yep. where it's telling us where that hampers. Them.
1: Yeah. Well, editing, that's the big advantage of right. other sketch shows. And that's why so many people tune into SNL. And they're like, this just feels kind of slow and weird. And they don't realize that they're effectively watching something that's totally, right. you know, raw to the screen. Um, so you, you're right. It is interesting when mm-hmm. it's pre-taped end to end. Yeah, it's kind of dangerous to open Pandora's <laughs> box, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because it, we're seeing that, but there is a loss of the magic. So right. hopefully they hold on to that and don't get any crazy ideas.
1: No, you, <laughs> SNL's DNA is in the, the stunt of yes. going live and doing, you know, like legit sketch comedy as good as you could possibly do it with all mm-hmm. the resources behind you. But with no safety net, we are going right. live to air and it, it really is hanging on the production to be on their game in the moment that sport of snl mm-hmm. I, I think if if they ever started to trivialize the, the true mm-hmm. value of what that is uh, to this institution uh, then the show might as well not exist yep. because I yes uh, anyone can do sketch comedy when you have a chance to rewrite it and edit it and, you know there's so much you can bring to elevate the comedy when you have all the post-production tricks mm-hmm. in the book snl is snl because it isn't that exactly i accept it it's a sport for the time being yeah, and I I love what we're getting here. This as its own little beast, its own kind of medium. Mm-hmm. If you don't consider it true to form SNL, but its own little one-off out of necessity sort of venture, I'm totally cool with this and I'm having so much fun with it. But it's not SNL. Not yeah. in that way. <laughs> and I I hope that they never lose sight of that cuz that's when the show truly dies.
0: Right. I agree. Well, I'm going to give this one a great. Yeah. I didn't feel like it quite reached the the heights of the first one. I don't know if it's because of the novelty or I just felt like some of the material was a little bit more of a miss for me. So I think, I think it was great. Just didn't reach that classic that the last one did for me.
1: Yep. That's a fair assessment. It just really comes down to how much you're amused Mm -hmm. by the circumstances that the show is being produced. Right. With that meta on top of it, I feel like these have to just be classic because of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's something to that for sure.
1: Yeah. And so if you remove that from the equation, then it just comes down to how amused you were with any particular mm-hmm. episode. To me, I think i found this one equally as amusing mm-hmm. as the other one. So there was stuff that was working, stuff that wasn't working, but overall I felt like the ride was just as good as the previous one. And uh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're just not going to get another time where <laughs> we're getting this sort of stuff. So yeah. I'm going to revel in it and I'm going to appreciate just how of the moment and how unique all of this is. And that just feels really, really classic to me.
0: That's fair. I do feel like a lot of this material is great, even not considering mm-hmm. that novelty. I think there, a lot of the writers maybe are just feeling really refreshed and energized by the new format, and I think we're getting material that would stand up to be a great episode without putting it on a curve. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to John Murray, and thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, Aaron Intrader. Donald Yates, Zachary Phillip, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever app you prefer to listen on. Your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back soon to cover whatever SNL may or may not come up with to round out season 45 or to cover some fun SNL-related topics as voted on by our listeners. If you'd like to suggest a topic, contact us at snlpodcast.com or find us on social media at SNLpodcast. But until then, this has been episode number 108 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story, and stick and do it.